It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals postgame edition after a Bengals victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com. Oh, oh excuse me, a what? Uh, yes, a win. And that's Rick Roaring, <laughs> as we're going to talk about a Bengals win. And I don't care if it would have been a win over the CYO team from the Fri- Friars Club, a win over Madeira High School, a win over my beloved Beachwood Tigers. A win is a win. And listen, um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and this is no revelation, Pittsburgh is just not playing well. Ben looked like garbage in the first half. Um, but I, I'm a credit where credit's due guy. And listen, you can argue that Pittsburgh gave him three turnovers. I can also argue that last week the Bengals gave the Cowboys that win by turning it over three times. Either you take advantage of them or you don't, Rick, and the Bengals, to their credit, they did. It wasn't pretty, but they took advantage of them. This is the NFL. I mean, you don't apologize for turnovers or wins or anything like that. It's, it's you know, the best league in the world. I mean, they're responsible for themselves. You don't need to worry about that. And uh, you're right. Any win would be a good win for this team or honestly just a shock at this point for this team. But I don't think this is just any win in Cincinnati. I mean, beating the Steelers with the record this team has had against the Steelers over the last, what, five years? This is... This is about as shocking of a win as the Bengals could have possibly pulled off with Ryan Finley playing quarterback tonight. No, no, no question. I mean, I, it is as monumental of upset as as I can remember. Um, because of that th- fact, right there, though, like there's yeah. you know people pointed out when they beat the, um, Chiefs. the Chiefs when they were undefeated, and there were a few others that I saw on Twitter that were good examples of like, yeah, those were massive upsets and double digit point spreads and all that, but. Those teams, they were operating at full capacity for the most part. They had a starting quarterback. This team, starting with Ryan Finley, to win a game is beyond my comprehension. I couldn't believe it. No, exactly. And that, 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 I think that's that's what makes it so monumental is this team was, was literally uh, a head coach who'd won four games in two years, looked like it was completely playing out the string. You, you, you know, there was a lot of talk this week about, and I wrote it, others wrote it too, the possible extra motivation of the Steelers coming off back-to-back losses. Boy, aren't the Bengals catching them at a bad time where they're going to be coming in here angry and determined and, and extra motivated. Um so yeah, I, and yeah, you go back to that that win over the Chiefs when they were undefeated, but that 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 was Marvin's first team, and they ended up going five hundred. It was a signature win for Marvin Lewis that first year. I think it's the one that made everybody go, okay, this guy can get things turned around. I don't know if that's what if tonight does that for anybody with Zach Taylor, and I guess we'll start there. I mean, does this, does this move the needle at all? I mean, maybe it does buy him another year or buy him the start of next year, but does it really move the needle much at all? Well, the future Bengals GM. Pac-Man Jones, or if that doesn't work out, potentially our future third co-host of this podcast <laughs> yeah, is yeah, what I'm shooting for here. Uh, he's giving says, him one more. He says it should get him one more year, which I think you gotta you gotta put some thought into what Pac-Man has to say. No doubt, yeah, always. <laughs> uh, I would certainly hope no one thinks this is enough to move the needle in any way, shape, or form. I mean, give Zach Taylor credit. It's yes, you know, these yeah. guys have kept playing, I guess, to a certain extent. But I think tonight was a lot more about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what's going wrong in their locker room and the problems that they have, then it was the Bengals moving in the right direction, to be honest. Rick, I'm not sure I've ever seen Ben Roethlisberger make more bad decisions, bad throws. And it was, it was windy. And I think some of that was why, you know, part of Ryan Finley throwing 13 times is that's just kind of the way the game evolved. You weren't going to let him throw it a bunch anyway. Um, And and honestly, when you were going into the wind, there was a couple of throws in that third quarter where Ryan had receivers open deep and and we know he doesn't have the strongest arm to begin with. And and the, and the couple passes he had should have been touchdowns and the ball got knocked down in the wind. So the wind was a factor. 
But that said, just watching Ben that whole first half, it was one bad decision after the next, the, the throw that McKenzie Alexander intercepted. I'm still trying to figure out who and what and where he was throwing that football and what he saw. Um, he looked like an, this is like kind of the, I don't want to say the beginning of the end. Cause it looked like an old sore armed Johnny Unitas at the end of his career. We were like, dude, just stop, just stop playing. I mean, he yeah. looked bad. But it seems like every time we say this about Ben, then he turns it on again for a few games and like he, you know, he he still has it. So I, I don't know if I'm ready to write him off in terms of his physical ability yet. I will say he just looked oddly annoyed at even being on the field for the game. Right, like, yes. I don't know if he's pissed off at his teammates or if he's pissed off at the coaching staff or if uh, he is in pain. And so he just doesn't feel like playing right now or what is. But he looked disengaged disinterest something i mean it was it was a very weird vibe watching him play and and i will say and i brought this up uh maybe leading into the game um and maybe in some other conversations we've had about some gambling lines we've done uh where the pittsburgh was involved in a couple of the primetime games i I just think they're gassed i think the schedule finally caught up to them the way they, they had to get a bunch of stuff juked around and the fact that ben had to play a bunch of games in a short period of time and maybe that just got to him and maybe at this stage of the season again don't forget he's coming off that surgery Maybe he doesn't have the fastball now. He had it maybe for the first eight, nine, ten weeks, but playing all those games in such a short period of time where he had to carry the offensive load because they can't run it a lick. Um, maybe it finally starting to catch up to him. And maybe it isn't the end of him, but maybe it's the end of him for this year because he just looked bad. Yeah, it was it was an awful performance for Ben. And they have they have a lot of issues right now. I, I don't know how much of it is they were kind of getting by on smoke and mirrors and playing against bad competition early and how much of it is new things that have cropped up or if there's just bad chemistry. I mean, something has gone terribly wrong all of a sudden with that team. I I, I agree that they were not a, a legit uh, undefeated team. Like, you know, when everyone's called them the worst 10-0 team or whatever a couple weeks yeah. ago, I agreed with that. I mean, they, they were not a great undefeated team but they were still a good football team for the first several weeks of the season. And they were, they looked like the worst team in the NFL tonight in all facets of the game. They were because just- look, the Bengals didn't play great. They did. No. All defense, But I mean, offensively, Ryan Finley throws for 89 yards. They do run the ball for 158, but it took them 42 runs to do it, which was a season high. So it wasn't like they set the world on fire. They did what they needed to do to win. And I don't want to discount the win, um, but it wasn't like the Bengals were great tonight. And you're like, wow, what an offensive juggernaut 430 yards. First half. I thought defensively they were dominant. I mean, not only the turnovers, but they held Pittsburgh to 40 yards one of nine on third down um, just really look like the completely dominant team. And that's where you have to wonder, is that because Pittsburgh's issues really came to the forefront tonight offensively more than, Hey, the Bengals are really good defensively. I think they've made strides. I think I've said that before in the podcast. I, I'm not so sure. I, I think I bring, bring Lou Anarumo back. Uh, I would have looked at the other side of the ball before I'd look at the defensive side of the ball. I think he's doing a lot with a little. Um, and I thought tonight proved it. And they've had their moments throughout the season. The defense has had some, games or or at least halves where they look pretty good at times and and to, tonight was definitely their best performance again I do think that had more to do with how bad Ben was how bad the Steelers offense was as a whole on the other side of the ball though it was kind of hilarious and I think it has a lot to do with how the Bengals won the game it was kind of a fluky smoke and mirrors Zach Taylor calling a college offense essentially I mean mm-hmm. that's what we got and by the way I got to give you credit because you had suggested bringing the Hogan kid up from right. the practice squad and maybe putting like Alex Erickson and Tyler Boyd back there on the wildcat formations and stuff and read options. And essentially that's just kind of what they did, but it was with 
Ryan Finley. I mean, there was a lot of freed option with Ryan Finley and some of it worked. It was unexpected stuff and stuff you don't typically game plan for in the NFL. And that's where I'll give, I'm going to give Zach Taylor and I guess Brian Callahan a little credit here. Um, Cause I think they've not checked their ego at the door. A lot of times I think they thought that, Hey, we've got Joe Burrow. We can freewheel it and run it, you know, throw it 46, 47, 48 times a game. And you know what? Luck be damned. He's not going to get hurt. And if he does, well, we're trying to run our offense. And I thought tonight was more of a, let's run the offense that gives us the best chance to win. Maybe it's not our offense. Yes. Maybe it's not the one that we want uh, long-term, but let's run the offense tonight that gives us the best chance. And yes, getting the turnovers, playing from ahead allows you to do some of, some more of that. But it felt like to me, that was the first time he grew up a little bit and said, you know what? Check the ego at the door. I'm not, he did go five wide some, but it wasn't, hey, I'm dropping Ryan Finley back 30 plus times because that's what we do. No. It's not, it's not, it's not going to win the game. Um, we're going to minimize mistakes, hopefully make, have, make them make mistakes, keep control of the football, don't let Ben get it as much. And I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I don't, you're not winning long-term doing that, but sometimes to win a game, you got to make it ugly. Well, it, it's, it was the only way they had a chance to win this game with Ryan Finley at quarterback. And I do think they basically schemed their way to a win. So credit Zach Taylor for that, because in my opinion, it was definitely, they had the advantage in terms of X's and O's and the game plan and how they attacked Pittsburgh. They, they uh, surprised them. They did some stuff that was unorthodox for certainly their offense, but really in the NFL as a whole, you don't see a whole lot except for a few select teams with unique quarterback situations. So, and, and Ryan Finley ain't no Lamar Jackson running. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it worked, you know, I mean, they, they figured out a way. So yeah, you got to give them credit skinny. I, I think the best part about this win from my perspective was, and I would think a lot of Bengals fans felt this way is at this point in the season, I just couldn't imagine that there was going to be any entertainment value from a Bengals perspective, right. because quite honestly, I didn't really want them to win any more games. I want them to get the best draft pick possible. I didn't really care if they won any more games because I didn't want it to get confused with Zach Taylor and this team is moving in the right direction and they don't need because we've seen it before, changes. right? Because we've right. seen it before because I want a complete overhaul as much right. as they can in the offseason aside from Joe Burrow. So all of that stuff amounted to like, what could this Bengals team possibly offer me in terms of an entertaining football game tonight they did it though I mean one if, if you're a fan at all of this team you love seeing the Steelers lose so if you were going to pick one game to win from a fan's perspective everyone would say beat the Steelers on Monday night football and so you did that that's great but aside from that I mean come on you have the Juju Smith Schuster dance on the the logo thing becoming a, a little bit of its own meme on Twitter leading into this game and then you have Von Bell lighting him up exactly like he said he was going exactly to exactly like game. he said he was going to i mean calling your shot and doing it in that fashion just a spectacular spectacular football guy moment then <laughs> you have mackenzie alexander intercepting a ball in a, the second quarter of a 10 nothing game where he's in between the the 40s and he's high stepping in the middle of the field what are we doing doing here yeah. skinny yeah now now i want to i want the von bell one to me was perfect because it was oh unbelievable it was well within the rules I, I know there was a couple Steeler fans oh he led with the helmet shut up just honestly you have no business to cry and plus there was no flag there's no cheaper team in the league than pittsburgh and and trust me i'm not a bengals homer you can listen to this and think i am i'm not uh i think rick you can probably back me up on that by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> so no i mean i i thought the hit was was clean it just he he can he collided him and he he said I, i'm gonna you know in between the lines 
you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hit him. And he did. And it wasn't dirty. It just dislodged the football from him. The Mackenzie Alexander thing, borderline ridiculous. I mean, what? Just upset. I mean, laugh out loud. Listen, 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 if you want to high step the last 15 yards like Dion, just cause um, I'm not really great on it when you're a two win team. Just I'm a big shut your mouth and go play if you're that that way. But I get it. If guys want to do it and it gives them some juice. OK, I, I, I you know me, I'm old school, but I can live with a little bit of that stuff. But literally, you're running out of bounds at the 40 high step. And I mean, come on, dude, if you're going to do that man up and cut back in and square your shoulders up and run somebody over. <laughs> you know, just, I, just it's hysterical. I mean, such a Bengals thing to be doing out there. No, the, the, I, I will say the one where I thought the such a Bengals thing to be doing was when he got called a little bit later on for taunting. Um, I thought that was the one where I'm like, OK, here we go. It's going to change the, 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 the tenor of this game is going to change now. And there were a couple of times where I thought the tenor of the game. I mean, when it's 17, 10 and Pittsburgh got the ball back, I thought, yep. 17 17 they're gonna lose this 24 17 and the defense got a three and out the offense then went 80 yards and Finley capped it off I, I will say that the thing that I thought that was most impressive if you want to look and I don't think it's a changing of the guard by any stretch of the imagination winning one game over Pittsburgh in the last five years is not a changing of the guard Joe Burrow to yeah. Ryan Finley but I thought <laughs> I thought the Bengals actually bullied the bully at times tonight I thought they were better in the trenches. I thought there was a, you know, the Von Bell hit. There was a couple other physical moments. Um, I thought their secondary is extraordinarily active at, at getting their hands on balls. They probably should have intercepted hell. What two or three more, maybe, maybe um, I, I just felt like they were, they were the more fit. They looked more Pittsburghy than Pittsburgh did. That was definitely the case. And that's why I say something's wrong with Pittsburgh. Cause they just didn't have that juice. They didn't have the energy. Maybe they're tired. Like you're talking about, I'm not sure what it is, but they weren't Pittsburgh as we've come to know Pittsburgh. And, and they still were that way earlier this year. They were still that hard hitting tough defense that we've come to know. The Bengals had that tonight. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say they've quit on Zach Taylor at any point this season. Cause I do think for the most part, they've you got a lot of guys trying out there. I think some holdovers from the previous regime have maybe uh, folded in, but a lot of those guys aren't even on the field anymore, you know? So, so I think most of the guys that have been out there have been trying, but let's face it. When you're in a season where you only have two wins, you've got very little to play for. You probably think your coach is either going to be fired or should be fired it's probably hard to really get up for a lot of games. I think the fact that you were playing your arch rival and this was the the one game you're on Monday night football, your family's going to be watching, you know, this is the one game to still get up for. And I think that's what you saw from the Bengals is their guys were juiced to play this game that they were hitting hard from the get go. And And, and, and on uh, Monday night and it being on Monday night still matters. Yeah. Oh, I I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the nationally televised game like that still, your family's still going to be calling you and clowning you on social media or whatever, if you get embarrassed. So uh, it, it, it's still there's still a pride thing to these guys, especially when it comes to a primetime game. Well, let me just say this: this is the first game without both Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. Bengals one and zero without them both. Coincidence? Mm, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I do wonder where has that Carl Lawson been for the entire year, though. Uh, he was he was he was ridiculous. I mean, he was absolutely ridiculous. He had the quarterback sack. Um, and last I checked and I was writing on deadline, I don't think he got another one, but he had three other quarterback hits. He had four quarterback hits total. Um, and there were other times I think he was disruptive as well. This is really a couple, a couple, couple, three game stretch for him where he's been disruptive. He hadn't gotten home a bunch, but tonight he, he got home the one time and he bothered Ben a few other times into quick early throws. Um, well, maybe it's a guy who realizes 
Payday's out there for me, man. I'm a free agent. It's a prime time. Let me show the country. Let me show those coaches who and GMs who maybe don't get a chance to, to watch film until the end of the year. Maybe can just sit on their couch and go, hey, let's break down some more film on this cat. Um, you know, I think there's some juice there, too, that, that they help guys. Yeah, he was he was really good. I mean, it's just it's frustrating because this pass rush has been so non-existent and so bad. And look, the, the Steelers offensive line isn't great uh, and they certainly didn't play great today. But where has that been? Like, if you could have given any of semblance of a pass rush like that, this defense might have had a chance some of this year. You know, secondary, Jesse Bates, like there's been some guys making some plays at different times. If you had a pass rush at all that was respectable throughout the year, this defense could have looked a little bit different uh, a lot sooner. So I agree. Agreed. I, I thought that was one thing I was just watching, shaking my head going, where is this coming from? Like, where has Carl Lawson become, like you said, he's been, uh, you've seen it a little bit the last few weeks, but tonight he was like an actual guy. Like he stood yeah, he out was, on the field and looked like a legit pass rusher. And and that's the one thing this defense has not had that we've talked about. There has not been a difference maker. Jesse Bates is not a difference maker. He's a really good player and I like him a lot. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a second. I do think he deserved to be in the pro bowl, um, but he's not a difference maker. He's a really good player. Carl Austin tonight was that guy where you're like that. That's the, you, that's the guy you need to have. You need a different one. You need one more of those guys. Cause then it makes the Jesse Bates and the will Jackson's and those guys, good players um, stand out probably even more. And um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'd love to see more of that. And and you may only see two more games of it. I, that or he's maybe worked his way into a payday here. And it's a possibility because let's face it on this defensive line right now, we've talked about it. I, I think Sam Hubbard's a nice player. He's okay. He's just a guy. Carl Lawson tonight was a guy you're like, huh, man, let me, let me get some guys around you chief and we can do some things. Yeah. But I, to be quite honest with Carl Lawson, I'm, I just want to see him be even a Jesse Bates level guy at this point. Cause no, I don't even right. think he's been that level of consistent. Well, to this I point. think t- tonight he was that he, he looks was like guy. another level. Yeah. Right. That was he one was a difference maker. Yeah. 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 Uh, I agree with you there, but I, I want to see him even just become a consistent threat. And then we'll start talking about him agreed. being like a difference maker. You build your, your defense around agreed. it. He, he looked like he had that potential tonight, but he just hasn't been nearly consistent enough to think that you could rely on him and give him a huge payday. I, I wouldn't mind them giving him a, a prove it deal or something like that. But sure. my guess is he might be earning himself something here in the, the free agency market. I, I got a feeling he, he did. Um, Jesse Bates was snubbed for the pro bowl, Rick by pro football focus standards. He's the number one ranked safety in the, in the NFL. Um, again, we, I've talked about it before. They, they shouldn't be relied upon as the be all end all gospel of, of, of football grading, but it is certainly a measuring stick. And, and I think um, my buddy, Paul Daner jr. Had tweeted out um, his numbers being number one with a handful of the other guys from the A, FC that made the Pro Bowl, Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyron Matthew, and I'm drawing a blank on the others, but I think uh, you know Matthew was like 30th, Fitzpatrick was in the 20s. I mean, they, they were up there, and Jesse's number one. And I'll give Jesse credit. He's talked about, listen, um, if I want to get noticed in that regard, you know, it, it, it helps to win. Um, winning takes care of those things. I still have got a feeling, and, and I'm hoping we get a chance. He's our one of our Zoom guys, I hope, on Wednesday. He's usually, it seems like he's a regular with us because he's just a good guy and says yes to when they ask for the interview request. So, and, and hopefully with the Pro Bowl thing, they, they get, him, get him for us uh, on Wednesday, which is our next availability. Um, I, I think he's got to be a little disappointed because he's sure. been consistently good all year long. And the numbers, at least pro football focus-wise, again, not be all end-all, but 
your eyeball sees him playing well, right? And now I've got a, a, another, an independent measuring tool saying he's the best. Uh, it, they're not even saying he's like number five or number nine or number 13. They're going, he's number one. Yeah, that kind of says something to me. Yeah, if you're the Bengals organization, you have to love this. I mean, because one, it's just a little notch on the resume that he doesn't have when it comes time to uh, negotiate yeah. for contracts. But more yeah. so, I think it's a carrot dangled for him, you know, to kind of be like, you, you're you almost there. You're, you know, the stats say you're there, but people aren't giving you that type of recognition. Uh, continue to be that guy. Work harder and, and you know, really be a leader for this defense and, and carry this on. Make sure it's not just a one-year thing for you. I think he deserved it. I think he is a good player, and I, I think he's had a great season. I also think there's a certain element of this that, like you said, one, this defense is so bad that your safety's probably making a few too many plays, and two, he's kind of had that right guy in the right spot, a little bit of good luck sure. feel to a season sure. going on, right? I don't, you know, I, I do think he's a good player, but I don't know if all of this is. Uh, him being great or if maybe some things no, are I, his I, way I, and he's getting I, some bounces too. Yeah, And I've said it before too. I mean, to me, Ed Reed was a difference making safety. Troy right. Malamella was a difference making safety. I think Jesse's a good player. I don't look at him as a difference maker. That said, again, Agreed. that doesn't mean you shouldn't be a pro bowl guy. Um, he's I, earned I, it this year. I, I think he's earned it this year. I'm with you. I think he's earned it this year. Yeah. But, but put it this way, it would not surprise me if all of a sudden next year we're looking around going, what happened to Jesse Bates? You know, I don't know Maybe. if he's, he's proven that level to me yet. I still need to see it for another year at least. Well, and I, I will say, in in fairness, um, this is the first system he's been in in back to back years, and yeah, I think true. that that helps. Definitely, definitely. I, I want to circle back to one thing because I think I talked about it and got off tangent a little bit. You had brought up the Zach Taylor thing and whether it moves the needle at all. I, I, we make jokes, but seriously, what's your take on that? I know we're all trying to predict what the Brown family is thinking are going to do, and that's probably a fruitless endeavor. But in your opinion, is this does this matter in the whole scope of things for Zach Taylor? I think it does. Um, I think Marvin Lewis was all but gone unless he wins those last two games against Detroit and uh, and Baltimore, that great Tyler Boyd game back in what seventeen, uh, right right or wrong. Mike Brown feels like the needle gets moved for him with what you do at the end of the year, that suddenly it's, Hey, got a little momentum going fan base getting behind our guy. Let's go ahead and try to take a, take a shot with our guy. Um, and I'm kind of, uh, you know what? One or two games shouldn't change body of work of 30 plus games. Again, congratulations to him tonight. Did a fantastic job. His team played hard for him. He, he as a as a coach, that's all the things that you want your guys to do. Execute the game plan. Have to scramble to put together a game plan, and that's gratifying sometimes too. Of undermanned, and let me see how I can figure this out and make this work. All right, I'm gonna make it work with this. Um, okay, that's great for a game, um, and you deserve credit for that game. But uh, it, to me, it just it feels like it's it's still you you need to. Look at this long term of is he really the guy seven or eight games into next year that you feel like is going to be your head coach moving beyond next year? If you feel that, okay. I, I don't know how you do at this point, but if you do, okay. But I don't want year three of Joe Burrow to be a start over year. It does, it does. If you're going to start over, let's start over now. Don't start over in year three of Joe Burrow. Again, if, if you made that decision, okay, and I'm going to have to take you at, at that decision, but that decision's on you and no offense. Well, no offense. I'm going to say, I take it back. There is offense. You, I got 30 years of your failures on, on my side. 
Okay. I got that going for me. You have no cachet to fall back on. Okay. Um, Again, my line of demarcation is when Paul Brown died. That's my line of demarcation. Mike, you get it since then. And the line of demarcation since then is zero playoff wins in 30 years. You got as many as I got. You got as many as Rick's got. You got as many as people listen to this got. So so I, I don't trust your decision-making. I'm sorry. So I, yeah, this doesn't move the needle for me. I, I, I give him credit as a coach and as a fellow coach. I'm, I've been there where you're like, that was really gratifying. Win a game like that or compete in a game like that. And sometimes you walk away feeling really good, even, even in a loss. If you just, you've done everything you can, your guys did everything they could and you were undermanned. Okay. But long-term, does that really change anything? It was nice for that night, but does it change anything? No, no. I'm with you. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it. I, I would hope this doesn't really matter. You know, you've got a few games left. I would hope that that, that doesn't matter either. You know, I mean, I, I would hope that's not enough. I, I've seen enough to realize that this isn't moving in the right direction. And I think it's the whole thing. I mean, the, the, the talent evaluation is as much to blame as anything, in my opinion, with why the Bengals are at where they're at right now. So I think they need a complete overhaul and I hope that's the direction we're headed, but who knows? I mean, and, you, you and, and I go, and I go back to even tonight. I don't think the Bengals, outplayed Pittsburgh. I thought they played extraordinarily hard, extraordinarily physical. Um, don't have to make an excuse for anything that happened in that game. But it wasn't like they went out and just, they outplayed where you're like, whoa, they just outplayed Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gave you some gifts. Yeah, don't have to apologize for it. You got to take advantage of those gifts. But th- this wasn't like a move the needle. Man, this team's really moving in the right direction. Now you muddled your way to an ugly win. Congratulations for you. Doesn't change my opinion. I think that that pretty much says it all. You, anything else to uh, touch on from tonight's game? No. The only thing I'll say is I, I feel bad as I as I walked out of the stadium at about uh, two o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm walk I'm walking past. I, I park in the in the CRG garage. If anybody knows where that is, um, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. So I'm walking out on the field level, and I all of a sudden come upon a car that had rammed into a kind of a concrete stanchion there. And, kind of taken aback. It's dark. It's kind of a little scary down in there. Right. And I'm by myself and kind of walking through there and I see a door open. I kind of see a girl slumped over and I kind of walk up. I got my phone about to dial nine one one just because a, I don't want somebody to jump out of the car at me like a crazy person. And uh, maybe there was some kind of criminal scene going on. I have no idea. And I see this girl kind of slumped over and I just kind of said, Hey, you, you okay? Yeah. I said, um, do you need, need me to make a call? No. I said, do you have somebody with you? Yeah. I've come to find out. Then here come the cops at this point. Here comes her friend running back down the street. One of them, whoever was driving, hit the thing. And at that point, I'm like, okay, cops got it. I'm gone. I wasn't involved in this. But I, it was just a, one of those weird ends to a weird night, right? Where you're like, wait a minute. Am I going to walk up on an accident and have to survive, have to revive some person here? What is going on, man? I, you shouldn't be doing that during a pandemic, really. I don't no. think you should be giving out any mouth to mouth. No, but yeah. I mean, I will say that it didn't look like the airbags went off. So that's a good thing, but it looks like that car's got, uh, got a little bit of damage to it. Well, and more importantly, I think if you're wrecking into 
concrete stanchions, then you <laughs> two, probably two, shouldn't two be behind a wheel. Well, and especially when there's what a ten o'clock curfew or whatever the heck it yeah. is. Well, let's <laughs> hope they were a Steelers fan leaving the game. If that's and the case. I guess that's a possibility too, Rick. I yeah. guess so. Uh, and honestly, watching that team tonight probably would have driven me to drinking too after maybe, being maybe undefeated right. through. Just, just, just stay away from those concrete stanchions. You just don't want to run into one of those. Yeah, my last thought would be that I am. It's, it's, you know, I don't know if it was just because they've been saving it up all year because there haven't been wins and fun to to celebrate and and joke about but Bengals fans and Bengals players on social media did a great job of talking smack and and making jokes tonight during this game it was wildly entertaining online it's just a shame you don't get to do that more as a Bengals fan you know and I I I had somebody tweet at me he must have been a Pittsburgh fan he had very few teeth in his head it looked like but that's okay and I don't know why he thought I was a fan other than I had tweeted out about the Von Bell. I tweeted out the quote from Vaughn in the week about Juju Smith Schuster. And yes. I got the, Oh, it was a dirty hit. Okay. Whatever. That's fine. You're whatever. So then I get the tweeting back at me. Oh, look at your team now about to watch the show in the second half. Okay. It's not my team. I cover them, but that's fine. Whatever you think Homer man. And all of a sudden I see a couple of people and as the game is about to end, just snap at him. And I thought, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to be in this wormhole, but I am, but my man, you brought it on yourself. You just brought it on yourself. Well, I mean, all the memes and different video mashups and stuff with Juju's hit and, and all that. And then you've got Pac-Man Jones talking about Zach Taylor deserves one more year. And then you've got Joe Mixon riding around in a car playing the song that Juju was dancing to before the game at the logo saying, Juju, we're going to be playing this all night. I mean, it was just nonstop things popping up on my social media feeds. Fantastic night to be online. I, I thank the Bengals for offering us this Christmas miracle when uh, I did not expect them to provide me any entertainment the rest of the year. This was a fantastic night. That's a, perfect, that's a perfect way to wrap it up right there. All right, Rick, we'll be back actually in another day or so. We're going to have our weekly podcast uh, probably a day early because Christmas Eve falls on Thursday. We'll have some college basketball to talk about, maybe some Reds to talk about, maybe even a little more Bengals to talk about, depending on the fallout from this game tonight. Uh, so we'll drop that podcast coming up sometime late on Wednesday afternoon. For Rick Roaring, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals Post Game Edition. <laughs>